the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hey guys, you ready? Let's go! <laughs> We're on part two, ready, of get up, don't give up. How many of you guys need that word? Get up, don't give up. How many of you guys need an alarm clock that says, get up, don't give up. You got this, we're gonna end strong. Get up, don't give up. You already have the victory. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what storm you're in the middle of. And I don't know if you're just having bright sunny days. That's awesome. You still need to get up, don't give up because you already have the victory, right? 2020 has only proven that you can't keep us down. Right, you can't close these doors. You can't keep us down because it's our breakout year, right? What is 2020? Yes, our breakout year. And what are we gonna do? We're gonna break through to break out. And we have and we are and we will continue to do, right? Because our spirit is strong. How many of you guys have been declaring this? You know why? We ain't falling apart. We ain't falling apart because our spirit is strong. We heard the word and we are applying the word here at Love Life, right? Our emotions are settled. When everything's getting chaotic, people getting laid off, kids are still home from school and you don't know what to do, here we go. Our emotions are settled. <laughs> All those new homeschool moms, they remind themselves, my spirit is strong, I'm gonna raise these children up. My emotions are settled, I will not kill one of them today. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of, right? <laughs> Our minds are disciplined. Our bodies are healed and whole. Do you know all the healing that is going on right now in our bodies? Because they are healed and made whole. We're receiving that healing. We're walking in that healing, right? We're breaking through to break out. Our, we are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not our strength. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing. Nada, you can't do a thing. But with Jesus, we can do all things. We don't just see vision, we do vision. We don't just have a vision board, we making it happen, right? We're just not putting fluffy stuff up there. We're actually putting things of substance, world changers, history makers, amen? Yes, we don't just hear the word, we apply the word. I feel like this is game changer. This is what sets us apart from so many other churches. This is what sets us apart from religion. We don't just come to hear something. We come to apply something. We come to apply it to our everyday life. We don't need our Sunday's best. We need Monday's best, Tuesday's best, Wednesday's best. Come on, Thursday's best. We need the whole week. Why? We need, we need church in our house. Come on, we need church in the family unit. We need the love of God, we need the peace of God, right? We're applying the word everywhere that we go through our life. We don't just hear the word, we apply the word. We are love life and this is our breakout year. That was, that is, was, and is the word of the Lord for Love Life Church. You know what, it's not too late and it's not over. It's still 2020 and I just wanna give you an opportunity. Don't give up, get up. You already have the victory. Paul said in Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do what? We can do some things. 
we can kind of, sort of, maybe. No, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What is it that you need to do? What is it that you need to get done? You need to add Jesus to it. You need to add in Christ. You need to add him because let me tell you, without him, you can do nothing. We refuse to give up. How many of you guys are ready to refuse to give up? How many of you guys are ready to refuse to give in? Right? We're not giving up on relationships. We're not giving up on marriages here. Come on. We're not giving in to sickness and disease. We're not giving in, come on, to financial destruction. We're not giving in to a failing economy. We're not giving up. We're not giving in. People have lost their jobs. Come on. We will not give up. We refuse. Why? How can we, how can we have this confidence? Because in Christ Jesus, we can do all things. We know that God's called us right here for this time, for this moment, for this hour. Look at your neighbor and say, he chose you. Yeah, he chose you. He didn't, he didn't choose you back in Bible days. He chose you for right now. He chose you for this moment. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with what God has put in your hand to do? Let's go, right? No matter what comes our way, we are more than conquerors. No matter what comes our way, life happens. Life is life, but God is good. Stuff happens. The storm's coming. The storm come. You guys, did you guys see the clouds outside today? This is AZ. We have once in a while a cloud floats by. And every single one of us take a picture of it. We say a prayer. We're like, thank you, Jesus. Other people get snow and clouds and rain all the time. We don't. So when we see a cloud, we're all Googling, is it going to rain? And we all wash our car the day before. It's just how it goes. That's how it goes. But the storms come and the storms go. I want to be a student of the storm. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to survive storms. I want to be a student. I want to learn every lesson from every storm so that I can set others free. So that I can tell, so that I can let others know, don't give up, get up. You already have the victory, right? We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Paul said in Romans 8, 31. Y'all ready for this? I'll give you a minute to get out your Bible app, open it up. It's Romans 8, here we go, 31. This is the message Bible. I was just feeling it today. So what do you think? Look at your name and say, what do you think? What up? What do you think? With an attitude. What do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? How many of you guys ready to have an attitude? An attitude, not an entitlement attitude, not a nasty attitude, not a chewing your gum attitude, but an attitude towards the enemy where you have a confidence that's saying, with God on my side like this, how can I lose? When God is on my side, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter what the storm is. It doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of the storm, at the beginning of the storm, or at the end of the storm. When God is on my side, how can I lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son. You know what? Jesus, we have to choose Jesus for ourselves. God sent Jesus, but we still had to make the choice to choose him. God put it all on the line. For what? For us losers. That's right. So that he could make us winners in him, right? Putting everything on the line, embracing our condition, and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son 
Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? We get it twisted. We get so religionized and we think, man, once we're saved, he's out to get us. How many of you guys grew up or you thought like, man, once you receive Jesus, like, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, Jesus loves you. And you receive Jesus and you're all happy. And then the next day you're like, man, I, I. you know what's crazy? This is what, this is what happens. Because before you knew Jesus, you didn't honestly really know it was bad, right? Now you when you was at the club, you're like, woo, getting it down. Let's go. Let's go, right? And now you got Jesus and you're like, ooh, it don't feel the same. This don't feel right. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. Because Jesus is alive in you. That's not guilt. That's not condemnation. That's Jesus alive in you. That's why it feels different. Anyways, I don't know why I went that way. But I did. Sending his own son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for you? That's what I'm saying. He will do it all for you because he already did in Jesus. We're the ones that are like, I'm not sure I'm good enough. I'm not sure he would. He already did. He already did in Jesus, right? He already did it. And who would dare tangle with God? Like, who's going to step up to God? Who's going to mess with God, right? With God by messing with one of God's chosen. You're God's chosen. Who would dare to even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. There is Jesus sticking up for you. He's rooting for you. He's cheering you on. He said, oh yeah, I know them by name. I called them for this hour. He's so proud of me. He's like, you can do this. Come on. You already have the victory in me, right? So in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and God's love for us? No. And why do we let them? Why do we let the enemy drive a wedge between God's love for us? Because he starts, he's the accuser, right? He starts saying, you're a loser. He starts getting in your head. He starts telling you, and you, this is why we have to learn the word. This is why we have to learn the word so that we have the word of God because how did, how did Jesus fight the enemy? He said, are you the son of God? Yes, I am. I am. I really am. Right? No, that's not how Jesus, he said, it is written. Jesus says, it is written. And the enemy come after you. And he's like, you ain't a child of God. And you're like, I am. Am I? He's like, no, you're not. You're a loser. I am a loser. Why? Because you don't have the word of God. You just have your own word. That's what people be like, speaking your truth. Don't speak your truth. Speak the truth. I don't want to hear your truth. I want to hear the truth. Can I get an amen? That was for free, right? What is going to be able to put, drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There's no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger. Man, some of you guys get hungry for a taco. You're like, Jesus, I'm going to die. We don't even know what starving is here, okay? I mean, like, really? I could not tell you a, a time I was really starving, ever. I don't even know what starving feels like. Anybody else? No, it's silent up in here because we don't know. Not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scriptures 
They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. You all ready for this? None of this phases us. Is any of that phasing you? It shouldn't be. This is why we got to know the word. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. None of these hard times, none of these troubles, none of these storms should be phasing us. Why? Because Jesus loves us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. This is the confidence that we have in Jesus. Do not let the enemy rob you of this confidence. Do not let anybody rob you of this confidence. Do not let guilt, do not let shame, do not let fear, do not let anxiety rob you of this confidence in Jesus, right? Nothing can separate us from the love and grace of God. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love and grace of God. You have to remind yourself of that. You, there's no, you can't go too far, right? You can't, there's no too far. His grace abounds beyond, beyond. His grace is towards us. Faith isn't us trying to make it happen. We try too hard. We overcomplicate things. We actually want to make it hard because then it feels right to us. Just to receive it, we're like, that's too easy. Are you sure? Right, that's too easy. Has anybody given you a gift and you didn't give them a gift? And you're like, oh, great, now I got to give them a gift. We get all like, oh, my gosh, their gift was more expensive than my gift. What am I going to do? We, and there we are with God just like that. We're not sure we can receive all of his grace. What am I supposed to do about this grace? His grace is greater than what I could ever afford. And you're over here trying to make deals, and it is finished. Receive the gift. Receive the grace, right? Receive it all. Faith is us believing that Jesus already did it. You are already healed and made whole. You are already, he has finished it all at the cross. Do you believe? All right, y'all ready? Anybody ready? Let's go. Let's look to Jesus. How did he handle the storm? What did he tell the disciples? What did he teach the disciples? You know what? We're in the middle of many storms, right? All of us go through different storms in your relationships, in your finances, in your health, right? In all kinds, in self-control. We have different things that we have going on in our life. And we have these storms. And we want... We want Jesus to come down and wave his wand and fix it, right? We want Jesus to come down and change people. We want Jesus to come down and win us the lottery. Jesus hooked me up with them numbers already. Come on, let's go. Because if I win, I'm going to change the world with it, right? We have all these things. We want Jesus to just come down, wave his magic wand. And let's see what Jesus did in the storm. Let's see what Jesus did, right? How did he direct his disciples in the midst of the storm, right? Matthew 14, 22. Y'all ready to get in the word? You came for a word? Immediately, Jesus directed the disciples. Who directed the disciples? Jesus directed the disciples into the storm. <laughs> what? 
Jesus directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he sent the crowds away. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. I love seeing what Jesus did. You know what? Sometimes we need to get a minute and pray. We need to ask the Father, right? Sometimes if you're a mom, you need to get a minute alone. I've been, I'm not a mom, but I've been a babysitter a lot of years. And you're like, I need to go to the bathroom just to get away. And all of a sudden you see fingers. You're like, I'm like, can you see my feet? Like, what can you see under there? Because that, go away. <laughs> Jesus was getting away from the disciples like that. <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> just kidding. So he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, like, man, how long was Jesus there? <laughs> We pray for five seconds. We're like, ooh, la, 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 I'm bored. <laughs> Anybody? Let's be real. Let's look to Jesus and let's let him be our example, right? He went to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was already a long distance from the land, tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against them. Jesus directed them to go to the other side. What was against them? The wind. The wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, about 3 to 6 a.m., Jesus came. Man, you imagine how long Jesus is out there praying. Imagine if you stayed all night to pray. Some of you guys stay all night to watch something. Anybody do an all-nighter? Man, the youth, when they do an all-nighter, I'm like, why do we do all-nighters? Because we, I can't hang. Like, I'm like one eyeball open. Like, y'all get away from each other. <laughs> Yeah, you. I saw you. <laughs> With my one eye that's open. Jesus is over there praying to the Father. Jesus is over there having a relationship with the Father. Jesus is over there. He's getting insight. He's getting direction. He's over there seeing the disciples. He's like, come on, guys. You can do it. Let's get to the other side. Come on, guys. I gave you the word. Come on, guys. I wonder if he's on the mountain just watching them. Like, can he see them? We can't always see Jesus, but let me tell you, Jesus can always see you. Yes. Woo! For the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, okay, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Walking on the sea. So, Pastor and I love when he tells this story, and he always talks about being a, a fifth, fourth, seventh, eighth degree ninja, you know? <laughs> but we grew up totally Christian. We grew up trying to walk on water. <laughs> Not to be a ninja, we were just trying to walk on water. So, like, my grandpa had a pool, we're like, did I do it? And you were like, you just thought if you could just run fast enough. It wasn't even about faith. It was just like, I'm going to walk on water. Never happened. But it, just as a kid, it was just fun to try, right? And to be able to try, it's so much fun. Until you sink. Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. I would be too, right? And said, it's Casper. The ghost. They're like, is it a friendly ghost? We're not sure. Anyways, is, do you guys even know Casper? Am I that old? No. Oh my gosh. Let me reel it in. That's going to take me a minute. Anyways. All right. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know, I love that. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Whenever I get in fear about anything, I remind myself that Jesus is cheering me on saying, take courage, do 
Do not be afraid. He's saying, take courage. How many of you guys need to hear that? What do you need to do? You need to take courage. You need to grab a hold of courage for yourself. You need to encourage yourself in Jesus. You need to take it by force. What are you taking? Courage. Courage, right? Take courage. Do not be afraid. He is I. And this is Peter. I love Peter because I have a big mouth and I have a loud mouth. And I ask the most random questions, which is the best part of my life because I get so much out of Pastor Dan and different people because I'm like, what does that mean? And what do you think about this? So, but it also gets me in a ton of trouble. Nobody needs to tell on me because I tell on myself, right? Gee. So I love Peter. Peter is my guy. I mean, I wish, I wish I could say like, I'm just like Paul. I mean, I'm Paul. Peter, okay? Peter replied to him, Lord, if it is really you, if it, I get so, because there's, we have three sisters, okay? I have an older sister, I'm the middle sister, and there's a younger sister. We have been with Pastor Dan for 23 years. We were kids, okay? And so Pastor Dan's literally, like, I, I picture Pastor Dan like Jesus many times, and I picture myself like Paul, she tastes like John, she's like, you're not his favorite. Stop. I am. I'm the disciple he loved. So anyways, Vital's probably more like Peter. Oh no, she's probably more, never mind, we won't go there. I was going to say like Paul, but I'm the Peter. But anyways, so on missions, so we would go on mission trip to Mexico every summer. And if you guys see, Pastor really tall. Like in, in, on stage, he looks really tall, but like even in real life, he's like really, really tall. So when he walks, it's like three of our feet, okay? So it's like, and one time we're on missions, and we we are not familiar with Mexico. We do not speak Spanish. We ain't trying to get lost. We ain't trying to get robbed. We ain't trying to get, like, nothing, okay? So where he went, we went. He was like, so one time he were in Mexico, and he stopped, and do, do, do. Me should tell him to say, so it just reminds me of, uh, and I would be the one to ask a random question, you know. Wait, what do you mean by that? Or anyway, so this is how I see this picture very vividly, okay? Peter replied, Lord, if it is really you. I mean, I can see us out in the boat and on the lake. We've been to lake trips with Pastor Dan. Pastor, if that's you, call me. Let's go. I can see it, okay? Here it is. Peter's like, if, because he's not sure. <laughs> if. Any of you guys said, if, Lord, if, if, anybody had an if before? If, if it's really you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, come. Come. We want directions. We want a life coach to give us a step-by-step -step of how we're going to walk on water. What does it look like? How is it going to work? Does it have a manual? Is a jet ski going to come out of nowhere and I'm going to land on it? Like, surfboard, surfboard, what's going to happen? Like, God's just, you know, Jesus is just going to snap his finger and a surfboard's going to come out. Or a shark's going to come out. I'm going to ride the shark, baby. Shark, do, 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 do. What is going to happen, right? Jesus said, come. Huh? What? What one word is Jesus saying to you? Love. Huh? Forgive. Huh? Peace. Huh? Come. One word. 
So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the wind, how many of you guys see the effects of your storm, right? You see the effects in your bank account. You see the effects on your children from your spouse. You see like, you know, things are going crazy and you're like, you start to see the effects. Like, Ooh, I don't want those effects. Uh uh. What happened? You take your eyes off Jesus. The moment we take our eyes off Jesus, we start looking towards the effects of the storm because storms happen. This is life, right? When he saw the effects of the storm, he was frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, when? Immediately, Jesus extended his hands and caught him saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat, all the other disciples who was too chicken to get out, yeah, those. They worshiped him in awe and reverence saying, you are the son of God. It is you, it's truly you. Because you walked on water, now we believe. (laughs) So we have to learn to become a student of the storm. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want to just survive the storm. I don't want to just survive Corona-Rona. I don't want to just survive this pandemic. I want to become a student of the storm, right? A student of the storm, right? We have to learn from it so that we can encourage others, so that we can be the life to others. When other people are freaking out, you say, nope, we have a hope. His name is Jesus. Nope, we're going to overcome this. Why? Because we have Jesus. Nope, this is our breakout year. This may be the breakthrough, but we're about to have a breakout, right? You already have the victory in Jesus. Ask God, what's the lesson in this storm? When I was dealing with all kinds of illness in my body for so many years, I wouldn't trade a thing about what happened to me because I learned so much. I got my eyes on Jesus and off the storm, and I was like, what can I learn? What can I learn? There was so much confidence in that I knew that God is the healer. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what the effects of the storm keep looking like. I know that I am healed. I know that God is the healer. I will not doubt. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken, right? It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report is. I am healed. I am healed. And you know, I had to believe that for myself. I had to meditate on that. I had to speak that. I had to walk in that. It does not matter. You know, when I was dealing with this, thank God, I am healed with proof. (laughs) Yes. When I was dealing with so much of this, my body was producing zero energy like zero energy. I don't even know what that is, okay? And in the blood work, and I'm sitting there, and the doctor's like, why are you so happy? Like, you shouldn't be able to get out of bed. And I'm like, girl, let me tell you, (laughs) his name is Jesus. But when my body was literally producing zero energy, I had to live this message. And that's why I can walk up here and preach this message because it is alive to me. Don't give up, get up. You already have the victory. I would preach that to myself every morning. Don't give up, get up. You already have the victory. I didn't ask myself, do you wanna get up? Do you feel like getting up and going to work today? Do you feel like serving others today? Do you feel like going to church today? Do you feel like working out today? No, because I didn't feel like it. And day after day, 
after day, night after night, week after week, month after month, year after year. I didn't feel like it, but it didn't matter what I felt. I knew that I had the victory. It didn't matter what the doctor said. I knew that I was healed. It didn't matter what the effects of everything that was going around. The storm was getting way too big. But I didn't look to the storm. I kept my eyes on Jesus. And I want to encourage you, keep your eyes on Jesus. He has the victory already laid out for you. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? Do you believe in him? Are you resting in him? Because rest is the proof. Rest is the proof. When I can lay down and I would rest, that I am healed. I knew that God is the healer. It doesn't matter what's going on in my body. It doesn't matter what's going on around. I am healed. And I could rest in that. I could rest in that. When this pandemic is going on, we have to rest and know that God's got us, that he's got our finances, that he's got our kids, that he's got this generation. God's got us. We've got to trust in him. Do not let the effects of the storm start screaming too loud. You shut them up with God's word. You shut them up with God's word. You say, Jesus said, come, I'm coming. I got things to do. I got lives to change. I got people to save. Come on. We have a world to change. There's so much purpose. We got families to raise. We've got everything still to do in us. Don't give up. Get up. You already have the victory. Do not give up. Get up. You already have the victory. Sometimes we get distracted with the storm and we miss the lesson. I don't want to miss any lesson that God has for me. I want to learn every single lesson. Why? So that I can teach others. So that I can, I'm not just going to tell them the way. I'm going to show them the way. Been there, done that. God did it for me. He'll do it for you. God did it for me. He'll do it for you. He's no respecters of persons. God will do it for you. Once Peter took his eyes off Jesus, he started to focus on the effects of the storm. He started to focus on the effects of the wind. Don't get so distracted that the effects of the storm are getting you off purpose. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust in him. Rest in his word. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking away from all that will distract us. We have to choose what we look on, what we look to. And do you know how many things are screaming for your attention? TikTok is screaming for your attention. Netflix is screaming for your attention, right? The remote, whoever's first to the remote, so that we can scream for our attention. I'm watching the game. Now we got TVs in every room. Go watch whatever you want to watch. <laughs> Craziness. But they're screaming for your attention. Why? So that you can get distracted, right? We don't want to be distracted. We want to keep our eyes. And I'm not saying you can never watch TV. Like, have a great time. It's Christmas. Watch Elf and laugh and laugh and laugh at his goofiness. Santa is coming! I do not know why I like that movie. It feels like Christmas. It's like you gotta watch Elf and you gotta watch Home Alone, okay? And then it feels like Christmas. <laughs> Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. The first reason for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the, com and the completion of his work. 
Guys, we have all that we need in Jesus. It is finished. All that we need is in Jesus. We've already been rescued. We just need a revelation of who we are in him. Like, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. You've already been rescued. You just need a revelation. You've already been rescued. Jesus, he's already, he's the lifeguard of your life. He's already saved you. We just need a revelation and understanding of who we are in him, right? And how we want a deep revelation. Give me a word, Lord. Give me a revelation, right? We want a full revelation. But you know what? Jesus spoke to Peter one word. One word, come. Come, right? We want, how many of you guys, I would love, you know how you're like, okay, if somebody would tell me exactly what to do, then I would do it. No, you won't. <laughs> people pay people to tell them exactly what to do and they still don't do it. You ain't going to. <laughs> guys, we have all that we need. Daniel, bring my Bible. Right? We have a step-by-step directions right here and we don't pick it up. We got step-by-step direction. We got a life coach right here and we don't pick it up. We got a manual right here. We're like, if I only had a manual, Lord, ta-da! <laughs> and you got it on your phone. You got an app, right? Just download the Bible app. It's there with you all the time. So we need an understanding, right? We need an understanding of God's word. We want exact directions. Turn right, turn left. We want a GPS. Come on, we want it all. Jesus is like, can you trust me, right? We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Jesus he directed the disciples into the storm. He directed disciples to the other side. We're like, oh, no, we don't want that kind of direction. God, we want directions around the storm. We don't want to go through the valley. We want to go around. Give me a helicopter, Lord. Yeah, hook it up. There we go. Yeah, we want to romanticize it. We want to hallmark it. Like, yeah, we want it to look just like this, Lord. He, that's not how it works. We need to look to Jesus, right? Look to Jesus. He directed them to go to the other side. It's our turn to hear and do. What is Jesus asking us to do, right? He's, to do is so simple, we overcomplicate it. To do is so simple, we overcomplicate it. Change your attitude about the storm. Ready? Y'all ready to change your attitude? You're in control of your attitude. Change your attitude about the storm. Choose joy. Oh, no, that's too simple. I can't just choose joy. No, that's not how it works. They need to come and ask me to forgive them. And then I need to take time with an attitude to maybe do some silent treatment. And then maybe after the silent treatment, then maybe I'll go to God. And then after that, I'm going to read a book. After I read a book, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google every YouTube message on that point. And then, and what? Choose joy. Okay? Choose peace. Choose love. Choose self-control. Choose to forgive. Oh, we say, oh, oh, no, it cannot be that simple. It cannot be that simple, right? And we, wanna, we, wanna, we want to read a book about it, and then we want to write a book about it, okay? Let me blog about this. Oh, this happened to me? Oh, yeah, this is my story, and let me tell you. Oh, okay. That's not how it works. You can either make change or you can make complaints for the rest of your life complaining about the same thing over and over and over again. Or you can change your perception about the situation. You can change your perception about the situation. If people never change, you can change the way you see them. You can see them through the eyes of love. You can, you can change your perception. You can't change others. 
But you can stop complaining, right? We have to hear and do. Like I have practiced this and then I fail. And I practice this and I fail. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna complain. Because you know when somebody calls you up and they just call you to complain, you're like, well, what? Now you done ruined my day, okay? Thanks for that. <laughs> no, I don't wanna be a complainer, right? I wanna be an encourager. We're supposed to encourage each other daily. Imagine if we decided for one month, we're gonna just encourage each other. That's what we're gonna do. And then when you don't have an encouraging thing to say, you're gonna be holding it back. Hold on, I'll be back. Oh Lord, oh my Jesus, let me tell you. And Jesus will tell you all about you. He's like, you got this, you can do this. Turn it around, change your perception, right? We gotta hear and do. Jesus said one word. He said, come. And we say, how? He says, do, right? One word, do. We're like, how? Right here, right here. We say, give me a sign. Right? I need a sign, Lord. I need a sign. Show me a sign. God, I don't know if I can. God says, good, because I can. <laughs> you don't have to. I can, I will, and I already have. I sent Jesus. I sent Jesus. We need to rest in that word, right? The wind may be against you, but the word is for you. And that's all you need. That's all you need. If Jesus said that we're going to the other side, let's rest in that we're going to the other side. We're gonna get through 2020. And we're not just gonna get through it, but we're gonna have breakouts in every area of our lives. Why? Because the wind may be against us, but the word is for us. And we're gonna keep our eyes focused on Jesus, right? Don't give up, get up. Speak the word, speak the word. Speak, I am a child of God. When you have that doubt, remind yourself, I am loved by God and nothing can separate me from the love of God. Say, remind yourself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will not be afraid. <gasps> Sometimes we do get afraid. Remind yourself, I will not be afraid. Take courage, I will not be afraid. I will trust God. In the times of doubt, tell yourself, I will trust God. When doubt, when doubt comes, not if, when, when doubt comes, I will trust God. When that, that, that thought comes, oh no, you're never gonna be healed. Oh no, it's never gonna happen. You. No, I trust God, I am healed. It is already finished, it is done. Now, oh, oh enemy, you messed with the wrong girl. Uh-uh, you can't get in here, no way. Mm -mm. I'm more than a conqueror and I already have the victory in Christ Jesus, right? You have the power inside of you to overcome anything. You have, you have all the faith that you need. You just have to apply it. You just have to apply it. When Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's crazy, because Peter was walking on water. That's great faith in my mind. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? He's walking on water. Oh, you of little faith. <laughs> Why did you doubt? Little faith is not size. Little faith was an application. We have the faith, we have all that we need. It's time to apply it. You know, when you see your children and they have so much potential, you're like, why don't you apply yourself? And Jesus is like, apply it. <laughs> you have all that you need, apply it. Apply it to every area of your life, right? Where do we need to apply faith in our life? There's victory on the other side. 
There is victory on the other side of fear. There is victory on the other side of anxiety. There is victory on the other side of depression. There is victory on the other side. There is great reward on the other side of your obedience to hear and do, right? Faith or fear, win or lose, you choose. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, (laughs) speak the word. He said, Lord, if it's you, speak the word. When you have ifs in your life, turn to the word and speak the word. Uh, I don't know if it's God. Speak the word. Turn to the word. Speak the word. Turn to the word. When you fail, get up. Don't give up. You have a savior. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. If you've been consumed by the storm and it's taken you out, look to Jesus. You have a savior. His name is Jesus. And turn all of that worry into worship and give him thanks that you already have the victory, that it is finished, right? Call out to Jesus. He said, Lord, save me. When Peter saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately. When? Immediately. Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him. And I always think of like a strong hand, you know, like that strong hand and emoji. That was the emoji that Jesus sent out. I got you, right? He caught him. Jesus saves. We're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Victory starts with Jesus. Victory starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. And we're saved by grace, right? It's not by our works. It's by grace. And you know what? If you have not received Jesus and you would like to receive Jesus, I would love to give you an opportunity to have this victory in him, right? In Christ, we can do all things. We have the victory. We are more than conquerors. But first, you have to choose him. You have to choose him. If you'd like to call in the name of Jesus tonight, let's pray together. Everybody say with me. Say, Jesus, I call on your name right now. I believe in you. I ask you to save me and set me free. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. And just like that, you enter into the family of God. God has a great plan for your life. We would love to hear from you. If you're in the building and you receive Jesus tonight for the first time, you can raise your hands. Our ushers, they got something for you. If you're online and you receive Jesus for the first time, please connect that I receive Jesus button. I love you guys. I'm so thankful for every single one of you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.